I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Thank you for listening. I am getting so many direct messages recently from people who have been listening for a really long time, and I appreciate it beyond belief, because I can't do it without you, and I absolutely love what I do, and I would do it <laughs> if no one were listening, but... Uh, it obviously makes it so much more rewarding to not only hear from you, but hear success stories because that's why I do it. I want you to get results. It's not about making money for me. That's just, I got to keep the lights on. Got to keep being able to travel and do those things, collect experiences, but it's about bringing you the information you can use and will help lengthen your life and better your life. That's what it's all about, right? And that's why this topic today is is so interesting to me because I've been in the industry, as I say, so frequently here for a really long time. So I have seen so much in 30 years. There was no internet when I, not even close when I started. You know, my first job managing a Nautilus facility, which is crazy. Um, you know, years later was their fitness advisor for many years, uh, but everything was pen and, and pen, pencil and paper. You know, you had your file, you came into the Nautilus facility and you picked out your little card and it had the exercises and your seat settings and your weight and your reps and you tracked yourself with a pencil and paper and that still works. That still works, but today we are just bombarded daily with so many new, incredible things to help us, potentially help us better our lives, better our health. You know, when I first moved into my office in this building that's just filled with motley crew of, you know, lawyers and psychologists and just people doing different things many people would leave their doors you know half open and you'd stop in and talk to people you knew and quite often when someone would poke their head into my office for the first time they would look around at just the insane surroundings protein powders you know fit tech different pieces of equipment uh drinks and bars and just, you know, so sports nutrition, uh, fit tech, everything. And they would just look around in amazement and say, what the heck do you do for a living? And so I've been so fortunate to have tried just about everything like twice, you know, when it comes to the new technology. And I'll talk about all the different things I have tried and continue to try. But I think you might be surprised with how I end this podcast when it comes to the power or lack thereof of this technology, right? And I just, I've worked with so many startups, you know, when the fit tech really exploded onto the scene, I was grabbed by a bunch of different companies, you know, coming out with their, you know, fitness apps and things like that. And they would tell me what they wanted to do. And I'd say, that sounds great. But A, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to pull that off. And B, I don't think it's what people understand and or want. And I'm going to get to that too. 
and just spent a long time working with a company that didn't listen to my feedback on many of these things and things that I told them I didn't think would work. Now, am I the be all end all? No, but so many of these people you should know that are at the higher up level have little to no experience in the industry whatsoever. And that matters. That matters. That matters so much. And not only do they not have experience in the exercise industry, which is, or nutrition, which is really important, it's the behavioral side that is the most important. I mean, I truly believe you need those three areas, which is why I have and continue to study all three, nutrition, exercise, motivation, But these people who are trying to come out with these incredible products often have no experience in any of those areas. And that makes a difference. That makes a difference. I'm all for making money, but this industry is, uh, it's too important to, it's too important to me to not speak the truth and speak from experience, all right? And let me just start this whole podcast with a very simple question. With so much fit tech out there, why is everything trending in the negative? Why are we not getting healthier? If anything, why are we getting less and less healthy? I go by results. I was saying this to my wife the other day, torturing her as I do daily with my rants to her about everything I see and hear when it comes to fitness and nutrition and motivation. Why are we trending negatively? We, there's there's stuff that is just mind-blowing to me having seen the changes over the years. And so today I'm going to just talk about one study. It's more research paper slash study uh, that just came out about, well, let me read you the title because then it makes it easier. They're trying to do three things in this Uh, research paper, user types, psychosocial effects, and societal trends related to the use of consumer health technologies. So consumer health technologies, uh, I'll define it further in the abstract. I'm going to read to you fit tech, right? Apps, wearables, things like that. And so again, from the title, they're trying to do three things or they are, well, they're trying to do three things in this research paper uh, review article, um, looking at the type of people and I'm going to read you like, there, I think they did five, six, seven uh, different um, studies that they looked at. And they have different user typologies is what they call them um, for people, why people, like who uses the stuff and why they use it, right? Which is really interesting. But for someone who's coached literally thousands of people over the years, I have a pretty deep understanding of the differences, in people and what they're looking for, their goals and their personality types. And that's really important. And yes, you can do studies. And many of these companies I've worked with have done studies and those can be somewhat insightful, but nothing's more insightful than working directly with people, which is why I still do it. Why I still have to have a foot in just about everything, even after 30 plus years, because things change. And I want to see how people react to all of these things. And so user types, who's using it and why, psychosocial effects, that's really what this uh, review article is about, and societal trends, 
related to the use of consumer health technologies. I'd argue uh, that it's the psychosocial effects that they are looking at, and they will admit uh, in the abstract as well and, and in the discussion that they're, they're looking at the negative. They, they want to see the negative side. They come right out and say there's been enough, you know, uh, research recently into the potential positive effects of fit tech, but they were, you know, said, well, we want to see if there's a downside, which is interesting. All right. Uh, so they really looked at the negative, potential negative aspects of CHT, which is the abbreviation for consumer health technologies. Okay. Here is the abstract. The objective uh, is the, cons uh, the term consumer health technologies we use in this paper refers to fitness and health apps. Okay, people, wearables and other self-tracking devices that collect health-related data. Our paper aims to bridge the gap between the growing literature base of sociological research and ethical reflection on the non-intended effects of consumer health technologies, technology use uh, on the psychosocial level, such as stress, or a loss of intuitive sense for signs of health or illness. Special consideration should be given to vulnerable individuals as the positive and negative effects of consumer health technology use may be unequally distributed. Uh, this perspective may help to guide policymaking and the responsible development of consumer health technologies. Um, oh, I'll save my <laughs> opinion for after I finish the abstract. Okay, the methods using a narrative review approach, we refer to empirical and theoretical studies dealing with user types and effects related to the use of consumer health technologies. We provide an overview of consumer health technology, user typologies and evidence of the unintended psychosocial effects of consumer health technology use. Okay, again, they're, they're looking at papers in the past, studies in the past, um, kind of a broad overview. This is a little different than most of the studies I've brought to you, which are experimental and things like that. Uh, and they're looking for the unintended so, uh, psychosocial effects. Uh, on this basis, we propose a user typology that may serve as a future tool for ethical reflection on negative side effects. I, I don't know that they actually did that really well, but uh, anyway, the results, evidence of the potential negative side effects of consumer health technology use as presented in the literature is inconclusive due to the high diversity of consumer health technology users and the way they use consumer health technologies. I think that is, that's insightful. I was surprised to read that. Usually they, you know, these type of papers want conclude, you know, to come to a somewhat of a conclusion that is um, not that it's inconclusive. Some do, uh, many don't. Um, so that's kind of nice to read. Our proposed user typology aims to more comprehensively document the diversity of users, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to hear that. Okay, conclusion. Uh, more systematic and quantitative empirical research on the effects of consumer health technology use in diverse settings and with diverse user types is necessary to inform public health policy. This, this paper, now that I <laughs> read it yet again, it's all over the place, I'd argue. They're trying to do a lot. Diversity is a big part of that. I'm fine with that, but I'd argue they spent too much time and uh, looking at that. And again, I'm all for that, you know, but um, yeah, they, they tried to do too much here. I think what is insightful and why I want to read this to you, bring this to you is the, the types of people, but then like, what are we getting out of it, right? I'm going to kind of take this, paper and, and twist it a little bit it's pretty underwhelming <laughs> but it's not but it's still super useful or i wouldn't bring it to you i promise 
Um, the tech is everywhere. So that's that's the base. I'm going to get back to a little bit more of the specifics, but that got us started in just talking about fit tech. And what I liked is, and what they really didn't do a great job of, of bringing any new kind of insight into is the user types, right? And not only the user types, but the results. Now, I know that they're focusing on the negative results, but you can balance it out. Um, it's just, it's, it's such an interesting topic that I don't think is dealt with correctly. I know it isn't. I'm bombarded daily with new products and people asking me to try them out and also, you know, give my green light to them. And the big question, jump ahead a little bit, as I always do. I love this line. I've used it before. I will use it again. David Epstein, the Sports Gene book. Do we measure it because it's important or is it important because we measure it? And I'm going to take it a step further. And even if it's important, do we understand it? Does the average consumer understand it? I'm going to take it one more step further. And is the device you're using accurate at measuring it? There's a lot there, but it's pretty simple. Do we really need to know the data? Do the people that are trying to you know, utilize this data, understand it? And is the device you're using accurate? And the answer to the latter, to the last part, is that most things are not even remotely accurate. Most. And, and you like, I hesitate to say that. Should I say most? I choose my words very carefully. Yeah, most. Now there's a wide array of things. And let me just give you a short list of the things that I have used. Heart rate monitors, one of the originals, right? Chest strap, chest strap, right? Well, now it's on our wrist. On your wrist, it's way, way less accurate. Not for everyone, but for a large percentage of people. You can do it on your forearm. I was out at a consumer electronics show years ago where a German company had one for your forehead. (laughs) I thought it was a joke. Like, that's why we hide it under our shirts. Um, Now you also have heart rate variability straps. You've got continuous glucose monitors for people that aren't diabetic. Tried a handful of those. You've got power meters if you're a cyclist. And, and, you know, you've got smart clothing. In my closet, I've got smart shirts with trackers, with sensors. I've got smart shorts with sensors that track muscle movement and heart rate and things like that. We've got food tracking apps. I'm sure many of you, myself included, I've tried a food tracking app. My phone is littered, and I'm sure yours is too, with so many apps that I tried and used for a really short amount of time, and I stopped. That's a big part of what I'm going to discuss here today, right? There's sleep trackers as well. They make me laugh. Now, I get it, and I've used the best. Uh, And my watch that I wear to bed at night, it tracks it too, and I've used much more specific devices as well. I know when I go to bed, I know when I get up, (laughs) I know how I feel. Uh, and I'll, you know, many of these devices that track your sleep, what do they do? You open up the app and it says, did you drink alcohol? Did you have caffeine? Did you have sex? I'm not giving you all that data. And that is a huge part of these trackers is collecting our data. I'm not a conspiracy theorist person, 
but I'm a realist. And when I have an app that asks me all of that stuff, it's like, no, you're supposed to tell me. You tell me how many drinks I had last night. You tell me whether or not you can tell if I had caffeine. Now, I get it. I get it. And this is where I will end up with a behavioral change and awareness. But that data that they're collecting, oftentimes that's their goal is to get that data. And I could talk about blood, you know, chemistry tests and things like that. There's, there's a whole bunch of podcasts in that as well. Uh, body fat scales, love them. They've gotten so much better over the years. I have the couple hundred dollar one. I've got the, I've got, you know, ones that cost, you know, 50 bucks, 40, 30 bucks. And I've got the couple thousand dollar one I used for many years and, and rarely use now, but those are great for certain reasons as well. So, so many different ways to track so many different metrics. Okay. And as I said earlier, I've coached so many people over the years from being a trainer to running my camps to doing online coaching to coaching a charity cancer charity with hundreds and hundreds of people and so i have worked with you know the kids to the 90 year olds and beyond of all different fitness levels and goals right and what you learn is they're different personality types. There's different goals. There's different fitness levels. There's different personality types, what people want. And that's a great coach, people. That's why a bad coach tries to to motivate people the same way, the whole team the same way. That is like number one sign. Uh, Well, there's many, but that's a top sign that your coach is not that good. People are motivated differently. Some people like being yelled at. Some people totally shut down. Some people love numbers. They want to track everything. Some couldn't care less and can do really well without it. You know, I always think when I talk about this topic, it was an Ironman triathlete, one of the best of the best, uh, won a handful of Ironman triathlons back in the day. And he said he didn't wear a watch. Well, he didn't say he didn't wear a watch, but he would talk about the fact that he didn't wear a watch. He went by feel. Now, He's a pro, he's at a different level, but he's also trying to win. And this was a couple years ago, but that speaks volumes, right? Do we track it because it's important? Is it important because we track it? What are our goals and what are our results, right? So let me just get, I think, one really interesting part of this uh, review article for you. Uh, It's just those different personality types, right? The different typologies, user typologies. And what they did was they went through, and you're going to hear me ruffling papers. So I have my notes on my computer, and I had someone I was interviewing a while back was like, I can hear you rustling papers. I go, yeah, because I I do research. (laughs) And, And it's like a beautiful mind. I've got papers everywhere and notes and stickies and things like that. I'm not going to read you all of them so that, you know, each study had their own way of, of defining and describing user types. Um, but I think it's interesting to hear a couple of them. So you got your enthusiast, right? They like sharing data. They like control, um, and lifestyle. So that's kind of their, their practices and characteristics, right? You've got the pragmatist who's goal oriented, a little more private. You've got your social self tracker, who loves the community, right? I'm going to talk about that. It's a huge part of all this. That is powerful. 
That is one of the most important parts, I would argue. If that's who you are, it's not who I am. Um, there's the achiever self-tracker, the avid self-tracker. I don't like those two as, as much. That's one study or two studies, actually. Another study calls them goal-pursuing individuals accomplishing a specific goal within a limited time frame. That's interesting. That might be you. Problem-solving individuals uh, monitoring to identify or fix a problem. That's a little depressing, but important, right? Your doctor tells you you have an issue and you need to track. So that's kind of back to like, do you do it because you want to or do it because you have to? Prehab versus rehab, right? Um, there's short-term users who are, according to this study, those are just curious people. Like how many steps am I taking a day, right? What is, you know, you could try a continuous glucose monitor uh, and say, yeah, how does this food affect me? Um, what kind of sleep am I getting? But you don't use it for a very long time. That's a short-term user. Um, you've got your active reviver. That's someone who's taking time off, coming back. Uh, maybe they do want community too. You got your challenge seekers, challenge in sports, um, and then you've got your vulnerable people, um, data vulnerable. This, I would argue, like people who, um, you know, have, they want the data, but they're, they're kind of dependent on it. Um, and so there's a wide variety, right? And I just, I wanted to bring you some of those. Is there any other ones that I think are interesting? I think it's interesting how many different types they have, right? Um, You've got like fun, <laughs> like that. That was a perfect um, reason, right, for doing it. Fun, performance improvement. Those two, I think, are are, are really important. If you want it to be fun, is like the most, right? But then there's people who are like, I don't want fun. I, I want to get better. They're not mutually exclusive. Did one of my major research papers in my master's work in sports psychology about that. Performance and enjoyment is not mutually exclusive. But I bring all those to you and I'm bringing you this paper to get you thinking about yourself, right? I want you to think about what motivates you, not your friend, not your, even your competition, your enemy, <laughs> right? Who are you? Do you like being yelled at? Do you uh, shrink, you know, when your coach did that to you? or whomever. Are you a data person? Are you like, I mean, I had clients who, you know, uh, I used all these different online platforms that literally they would wear the watch or ride the bike or go swimming and upload their workouts. And I could see the most data rich uh, information. And I did a podcast about this, but for those of you who missed it, and this is back when that first came out. So the watches were just getting better. And I was coaching a triathlete I'd never met before. Uh, and he had this crazy spike at the beginning of every workout with his heart rate. That's pretty common. Like disturbances, electrical interference, uh, the body kind of getting warmed up, things like that. But this was different. And I'd seen enough of spikes to see that this was different. You know, I'm just going by patterns. I'm looking at patterns. I talk about that all the time. As a coach, as someone who's trying to get better, as an individual, look at patterns over time. So I said to him, listen, <laughs> I'm seeing this thing. It's unusual to me. It might be fine. He went to his first doctor, showed him it. Doctor said, it's fine. It's nothing. Second doctor said, you need a heart ablation. That's where technology can be amazing. And this person used it in the right way, I would argue. He was someone who loved the tech. 
And he ended up doing his race, by the way. An Ironman, not too long after that. But he, I would argue, used tech in the right way. <laughs> I mean, this is an example within that, but it didn't take over his life. He wasn't um, wedded to it. He, smart guy, and used it to make himself better, to motivate him and to make himself uh, better over time. But he only used the stuff, I would argue, that, again, there's so many new uh, types of fit tech out there that tracking things and, and measuring things that are questionable at best. I'll leave it at that. Uh, so who are you? And these are the questions you have to ask yourself. If I were your coach, I would ask you these as well. Why are you tracking? Why are you tracking? Is it for fun? Are you curious? Is it for improvement? Is it for all three? And what is tied to that is what are your goals? Is your goal to lose weight? Is your goal to get faster? Is your goal to stop drinking as much? There, there are apps for that. I don't need an app for that. Uh, but some do. That's the difference. We're all different. Another really important question, is what you're tracking meaningful? And many of the new apps, you don't need to be using them. I don't want to be specific right now, but is what you're tracking meaningful? And meaningful may be just to change your behavior. That's fine. But don't confuse that with the numbers you're getting and your health. I'm going to get to that when it comes to stress. And finally, is it accurate? Is it accurate? My, I, I have to turn off my wrist-based heart rate monitor. I have the chest strap. It doesn't work for me when I start exercising. At sleep, at rest, no problem. Wrist-based works for me. When I start exercising, not a chance. And it's going to give me bad numbers. Everything's going to be off. And that's a very specific type of accuracy. But if you're using a maybe less expensive body fat scale, so maybe it's a couple percent off. So my recommendation is to use that as a benchmark number. So don't say, oh, well, I'm 15% or 25% or 35% and, and consider that gospel. Just see trends over time. Your goal is to lose percentage. So if you're 35%, 30, 25, whatever that number is, your goal is to decrease it over time. Okay, so this goes to why you are utilizing and how you are utilizing this technology. Okay, and again, let's just say one final time, Many of these companies are putting these products out there to get our data and sell it, right? They really don't care if you get better, healthier, faster. They really don't care about accuracy. They just, especially when they're asking you all these questions on top of all the stuff you're punching in um, beforehand, that's valuable stuff, all right? Great term in this uh, research article, including, let me go back to it, to say it one more time, responsabilization. Response, I feel like I'm saying that wrong, but I don't think I am. Responsibilization. It's there. It's underlined, I think. <laughs> uh, never boring. But here's another great one. Self-expertization. I love that. Okay? Key drivers, they say in this uh, article, and I agree, key drivers of CHT, consumer health technologies, are two things. 
economization of healthcare systems, right? So companies trying to make it cheaper and, you know, you and I getting healthier at a less, uh, you know, uh, expensive cost to your company, to whomever, right? Making things less expensive and easier. And that's them, that's others. But I love this second one, the trend towards self-optimization. We want to get better. That I love, self-optimization. But you have to make sure that it doesn't lead to stress. And that goes to what this article really focused on, the negative. And I've seen it, okay? But yes, you can use this data instrumentally, reaching a goal, like 10,000 steps a day. If that's your goal, that's an arbitrary number. Done a bunch of podcasts. You don't have to hit 10,000. You use a tracker to see how many you're hitting now. If you're hitting 2,000 to 3,000 now, shooting for 10,000 tomorrow is, and, and then every day thereafter, while that would be a great thing, maybe, you know, in a different world, that's not logical. It's not doable. You're gonna build up slowly over time, right? And that data can also be used to gain, and this is so important, to gain better understanding and awareness. That is the primary goal for me using tech, for other people as well. For myself too, I just have a little more knowledge than most because it's my business. But it's you learning about yourself. Not only learning about your health, but what motivates you. Understanding and awareness. But most people don't even understand heart rate zones. And so when we're going to these crazy, and then the heart rate zones aren't computed correctly oftentimes. And it's not your fault. When people say to me, what, what's a great max heart rate? Well, it depends on who you are, on genetics, on so many things. Hitting a specific number doesn't mean you're fitter or less fit relative to the next person. You've got anaerobic thresholds, VO2 max, so many things going on there. So the basic heart rate monitor is confusing too many, all right? But yes, let me just get to what this paper really focused on. It can lead to stress. And I had those clients. They weren't enjoying their workouts. They were always trying to beat yesterday. And that can't happen. And that is one of the biggest downsides. When you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't hit my 10,000 steps. Or, oh my gosh, why is my heart rate so high today when my normal three-mile run, my heart rate's at 140? Why my watch actually says to me, why my watch will say to me, you're overtraining, or my favorite thing is that workout was unproductive. Ah, uh, that's not good. No workout is unproductive. I understand what they're trying to say. The numbers are wrong that they're utilizing. It's just wrong. And so you have to be really careful that you're not always trying to beat yesterday, that you understand that some days you're not going to eat perfect. And so you just have to be really careful that the fit tech you are using is not a negative. And that takes an honest appraisal. And usually people who uh, find it, I'm sorry, who use it and it's a negative on them, they don't think it is. And that's why a coach can be really important. So uh, try to have an honest appraisal. Uh, ask others, maybe. Uh, That's where it gets tricky. Uh, but if you have a coach, uh, a good coach will tell you as well. Uh, professional athletes saw the practice of CHT use as important and accepted part of their identity. They're trying to get better, right? It's part of their job. And so they have to try to get better. And they 
I would argue have totally different mindset. And again, it's their job. And they want to do anything to help better their performance, right? Um, but I would argue so many people are trying to be, I, I used to say I had clients who were trying, perfect example of what I was just talking about, uh, doing too much, relying too much on the data, trying too hard to hit certain numbers. And, you know, they were trying to be Lance, I used to say, and they weren't. Um, and they didn't have fun. Uh, they didn't hit their goals quite often. They got hurt, burnt out, uh, and just not good. All right, so it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, and so we're, we're, you're not a professional athlete, um, or if you are, um, it's not an issue, <laughs> right? So be careful is what I'm saying. Again, I've, I work with so many people for whom uh, they were what this paper's talking about, negatives. And generally, I would stop working with them because I wouldn't push them the way they wanted to be pushed. I wouldn't track the stuff that they thought they needed uh, to have tracked. And I'd turn them over to a different coach or say, you know, there, there comes a time when it's time to move on. Um, and so, you know, experience with all sides of this. Uh, including myself, which I'll talk about at the end of this real quick. Um, again, CHT may also lead to negative emotions, as I'm talking about, and self-perceptions. I'm not good enough, right? Uh, and that could be like hatred, uh, hatred towards what you're doing, towards your coach, if you have one, uh, distrust, um, and most importantly, can affect your enjoyment of what you're doing. That's a real downside to fitness tech for competitive people. Um, and there's confusion and doubt when there's a mismatch, as this uh, article says, between the data and your experiences. All right? But positives. Let's finish with the positives. Okay? Self-awareness. Again, I'm going to end with this good positive stuff. Ideally, we use this technology to become self-aware of our behaviors, good and bad. Uh, it may also help to create awareness about health problems, right? You can't like my example of the client who had the heart issue. So yes, like we track it. I wear my watch all the time for runs and bikes. I rarely really dig deep into the data now. If I'm training for an event, okay. But like it's there, I like wearing my watch. I like knowing that I tracked the distance and speed and all those kind of things. Uh, but I rarely go deep into it now. But I like wearing it. I like knowing it's there, right? So that I would argue, and that, that evolved. Listen, I didn't start that way. This is all an evolution. I understand that. And you need to understand that. That's why I talk about this all being a journey, all right? Um, but one final really interesting potential negative this I, I found interesting in the paper. Um, good data can become an end in itself and result in a form of psychological dependency. Totally know what they were talking about there, okay? Like you're trying to always have that good outcome, that those good numbers, and you can't. And that's a negative, and I think of Peloton, right? The, the one I did on the leaderboard and like how people cheat, People cheat like crazy. And one of the most obvious, and this isn't, they, they cheat in many other ways, but like sprinting during the cool down, right? That goes against, that's a perfect example, a great way to kind of end this. Well, I don't want to end on the negative, but like 
a cool, a warm up and a cool down and following what a coach says when it's a great, a well-designed workout is really important. So you are decreasing the effectiveness of that workout at, at, at a minimum. You're also increasing your chance of injury and burnout. And who cares? I mean, I know that person cares, but like if you want to get better, this is where numbers and leaderboards and, you know, trying to always have good data can be a problem. I like falling behind during the cool down because I know I'm doing it right. That mindset, <laughs> not easy to get to for someone who's competitive, but you're not going to be competitive very long if you don't get there. All right. Uh, huge part of, of this is community. Huge, huge, huge part. You know, the studies are there, right? And that's a positive and a negative. But you can choose to put it out there if you want. But if you're choosing to put it out there and you're feeling stress on not putting it out there and people don't put their bad stuff out there. Great example. I had a former client, one of the charity um, people I coached way back when asked me to open up essentially my data, you know, so that this person could see my workouts every day. I said, not a chance. I go really slowly. I don't want you to see. That would be stressful to me. And I felt bad saying it, but it was easy to say as well. It, it has to be a positive. And so for some people, like the websites, the community platforms, you know, uh, Zwift and Strava and things like that, for certain people, it's, it's so powerful and motivating and they love the community. And for others, it's a nightmare. Because we're different. And so use it for what works for you. Okay, social comparisons can be good and social comparisons can be really bad. Okay, it can have demotivating effects um, with engagement and health-related behaviors. All right, you need to, to trust your subjective experience, okay? What does that mean? If you felt like it was a good run, it was a good run. If you felt like it was a good workout, it was a good workout. Now, again, a little different if you're a pro athlete. Most of you are not. Did you have fun? Are you consistent? Are you getting healthier? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves, right? The numbers are relatively irrelevant other than how often are you exercising? How much movement are you getting? Are you happy? I'm going to say that over and over. And did you achieve your goal? And so again, what are your goals? Why are you tracking it? Are you getting the results you want? We're all different. And we all need to be honest about how we utilize this technology to achieve our goals. One of the companies I worked with was spending an insane amount of time and money and resources to, I'm not going to give the specifics, to do something technological within the fitness world. And I was like, it, it, that's, it's really not important to people. And it didn't work. And it wasn't surprising. 
And these weren't fitness people who were trying to track this thing that like it was so insignificant. And so don't think that just because you can track it or you have a fitness company who says, here's something to, you know, pay attention to that you should. Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you consistent? Are you doing what you want to do? Have you found the foods and the exercise that you love? If you love community, have you found that community? If you don't like community, are you getting out and doing things on your own? Enough. (laughs) I'm getting ready for my physical, so I get my blood drawn on Friday, and my physical, I don't know, it's like a week later. Those are the numbers that matter, people. I get so excited. Like, that, that's my Christmas. That's when I go in and all the hard work I've done, nutrition, exercise, mindset, that's one thing that makes it all worth it to me. And you should track your progress that way too. How fast I go? Do you have a six pack? <laughs> 50, whew. No, I want to focus on how healthy I am. Healthy and happy. Healthy and happy. And the two are pretty darn connected people. Enough. (laughs) Oh, this was an interesting paper. It was interesting. But it got, I I just wanted it to start the conversation. Um, I don't think you, well, anyway. Tom H. Fit Instagram, Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Questions, comments, love to hear from you. Teamholland.com is the website. You can email me through there, see my books and all that kind of stuff. Please uh, rate the show, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do. Greatly appreciated. Uh, My new book is The Micro Workout Plan. Uh, I'm starting to add to my YouTube channel, workout videos, things like that. Let me know what you need. Uh, That's it. Remember. There are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, people. And that is awesome. Another thing that's awesome is Jack Lane and the fact that I got to interview him. I get I, I, How many times have I done this ending now? And I still love it. I still get excited. That's how much I love what I do. And that's how much I value the people who made a difference, make a difference. There aren't many who are truly in this for the right reasons. Jack Lane absolutely was. Thank you for listening. Believe in yourself. Here's Jack away. I want to tell you how fortunate you are to have someone like Tom just trying to help you to have a better life.